Welcome, welcome. This is Cassandra Austin McDonald with the Grow Through It podcast, where I share my personal life experiences and the stories of others who have grown through life's ups and downs and came out on the other side. Listen in as you may become inspired to evolve into the best version of yourself. Have you been wanting to connect with a trained professional who can help guide you toward a better relationship with yourself so you can ultimately have better relationships with others? If that's you, then I am here to serve you. You can connect with me for a discovery call by going to www.cassandraaustin.com forward slash work dash with dash me. The link will also be provided in the show notes. Looking forward to connecting with you. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode on the Grow Through It podcast. I'm your host, Cassandra Austin McDonald. And today I have with me here a guest, Miss Nina Motivates. Welcome, Nina. Thank you for being here today. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. So, everyone, um, Nina and I met, oh my gosh, it's been years now. It's been several yeah. years ago, hasn't it? Yeah, it's been six, five, six, five, or six. I think it was 2015. Yeah, that, that year sounds about right. Um, but we've, we have mutual friends and then social media. Um, and then eventually Nina actually helped me to kind of get out of my own way and finish my first book um, because I was just all in my own way. <laughs> So Nina helped me out with that. So we we have we have some history there. But um, just to give her her due diligence, let me go ahead and share with you guys a little bit more about Nina. So Nina was born unique to her family, being the only known immediate family member to be born with a physical difference. Nina was born with a condition called club hands, meaning her thumbs were removed due to lack of bones and her arms did not properly develop. Nina quotes, although I have a visible difference, I do not consider myself to be handicapped because I do not limit or disable myself from doing anything needed and or desired. I love that. Nina is also the CEO of Touch NFP, or nonprofit, an organization built to help uplift and create positive family interactions. And she also is the founder of Anointed Hands Publishing Company, Nina is a speaker, has authored several books, is an evangelist, certified life coach, and truly has a passion for motivating our youth. There's so much more to Nina, but I said, let's, <laughs> in a nutshell, that is Nina. So again, thank yes. you, Nina, and welcome. <laughs> thank you. So um, I just want to jump right in. First of all, your quote, I really want to talk about this for a minute, where you said that you do not limit or disable yourself from doing anything. How did you get that mindset? Because oftentimes um, we can hear stories of the opposite, right? With whatever it is, I've experienced it with my own mental um, health conditions that I've struggled with, where I allowed that to be a handicap for years. So how did you have the mindset to not allow what you were born with to handicap you or hold you back in life? Well, it started with, um, so as a child, you know, growing, I grew up with this difference. So Mm -hmm. as a child, it was, it was a bit different because um, 
I was born 1981, so seeing someone with a difference wasn't as common as it is today. Sure. So I was the only known family member to have this difference, but my family treated me like I like they treated anybody else. So I mm. wasn't treated like I had a disability um, or anything like that. So that was a blessing. Um, mm-hmm. But when I got out into society, that's when I was stared at, picked on, bullied all these different types of things. And so I was around about nine years old and I remember being at my aunt's house and my aunt wouldn't let me go outside if I wore long sleeves because it was the summertime. And so I was like, I didn't want people to stare at me. So I would try to wear long sleeves and things like that so people can just treat me like a normal person. Um, And she wouldn't let me go outside. So I I created a habit of having my um, arms out because of, you know, I wanted to go outside and be a normal kid. And after that summer, when I went back home, it was a habit for me to show my hands. And then um, being bullied and being picked on, I remember my sister, and she doesn't remember this, but I remember it clearly because it changed my life. Mm -hmm. She said, um, baby, everybody has a difference. Some people's difference is just more visible than others. Mm. And so when she said that to me, I went to school and I remember looking at everybody who was bullying me and I saw their difference. <laughs> um, and some people were bullying me because they didn't want people to bully them. Yeah. That's typically what bullies do. They'll bully somebody else so that they don't get bullied. And yeah. it was then that I just made it up in my mind, like, you know what? Everybody got something different about them. So I am going to show people that regardless of what you look like, regardless of having a difference, you can do anything you want to do. And I think I'm, I'm a bit stubborn too. So whenever someone told me I couldn't do something, it just made me want to do it even more. It just made yeah. me strive even harder and just like go for it. So um, I believe those different things like really, really, really helped me to um, develop that mindset that, you know, the only limit I have is the limit I put upon myself. And yeah. that's what I kept telling myself. And that's just made me say, okay, anything you tell me I cannot do, I'm going to prove to you that I can do it by mm-hmm. doing it. Mm-hmm. That is such a blessing that um, you had that family support because it sounds like that was really the foundation for the mindset that you had. Yes, I'm the baby of nine. So, oh, wow. So they really weren't playing about you. Yeah. So it was just like, <laughs> You know, I, I was for riding a little bit to my dad and things like that. But <laughs> um, needless to say, it was it was more so um, at home, I had to still do regular stuff. And my parents fought for me, too. I saw my parents fight for me to have a normal childhood. Mm-hmm. Um, the public school system wanted me to go to school for children with special needs. And my parents really? why yeah they didn't understand why and so they fought for me to go to public school and uh, they won the fight because there was nothing wrong with my brain just because something was different about my hands and so they did that they did that during my first grade like when I was in first grade and I reconnected with my first grade teacher around about November last year Mm -hmm. which was uh, no August of last year which is awesome because she reminded me of little bits and pieces of the story because they took me out of her classroom um, to make me go through like six months of testing. Mm-hmm. I went through so much testing um, to prove that I can be a normal kid. So when I started going to social work and I was taking my child play therapy class, I remembered 
being the child that didn't know that that was a two-way mirror looking where somebody was observing me. Wow. That brought me going and doing that same observation to other children. I was like, oh my gosh, I I was able to remember me being that kid in that seat being tested. And you think you're just playing with toys. You think you're just identifying things. And so it just showed me how real that, that, that really is. But I think my parents, um, some, and parents, note to parents, you don't realize how much your fight, even as a child, I saw that. I, I was there when they were talking to the teachers and having the different meetings and different things like that. And growing up, I think it had an effect on me. It's like, no, if they didn't give up on me and if they fought for me, I got to fight for myself as well. Mm-hmm. And my first grade teacher said, um, because they made me do first grade again because I missed first grade. Um, and so when they made me do first grade again, my first grade teacher recently, so she posted it on one of my statuses, like, you just thrived. You thrived and showed the world that, you know, you were normal. She was like, so you've always had this drive, even as a little girl being five or six years old in somebody's classroom. <laughs> so you were you were born with it. You were born yeah. with like this innate determination of like, I got a mission and I'm coming to, I'm coming for a mission. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. And I and don't even know at that time. It's like, you don't know where it comes from. It just, it's just there. And so, yeah, it's always been in me. That's awesome. <laughs> My mom said they had to cut me out of her pants. So she was, when, really? yeah, she said when she was having me, she kept telling them she's coming and they were like, oh, you have time. And by the time they got to her, she was in the hall. She said her, she was in the hallway because it was, you know, at the hospital. And she said they had to literally cut her pants. Wow. I was coming out. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Yeah. You came here with a mission. I know, right? I got something to prove. Get out of my way, world. Right. (laughs) Got to work. (laughs) I love it. I love it. So as you were going through these experiences through like your childhood and moving into adolescence, did it have an effect or impact on you when it came to like your peers and socializing and making friends and things like that? So I've always been a social butterfly. Even as a kid, (laughs) I had millions and millions of friends. And I think that's because I was just a bubbly kid. I've, Mm -hmm. I've always had this bubbly personality. So people took to me, people would ask, you know, what happened to your hands? Like, I never had a problem telling people. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Sorry. I never had a problem telling people. And so that kind of helped with them being like, oh, and, but I still played with them. Yeah. So while people would be like, oh, she just like us, she do whatever we do. Yeah. And so it didn't, I had, of course, I, you have those group of kids that's going to pick on you. Yeah. You have those group of kids that's going to be afraid to be by. I had people afraid to get close to me. I would chase those type of people. Just to- <laughs> yeah, I, I would literally chase them because if you're afraid of me for whatever reason, then you deserve to be chased. <laughs> I don't know if that's a good mentality. I'm just envisioning you like <laughs> on the playground. Put my hands out and start chasing people like and then, and then that would make other people like laugh, like, what are they running from her for? So people always drew to me and I've always just had this, this the type of personality that I have. So it yeah. was, making friends was really easy. I remember turning 16 and um, I went to, uh, here in Chicago is a, a, a big school, Morgan Park. Yeah. And 
I remember my mom saying, how do you know the whole school? Because there were so <laughs> many people at my birthday party to the point where they couldn't fit in our apartment. We They were outside on the backyard all the way down to the corner. She's like, it's at least 500 people here. Oh my goodness, that's so cool. We just had fun. I just had fun, you know, so... I just, so it, it sounds like you you had this confidence about you even back then like and that confidence helped you to own it you know like mm-hmm. I can't change it so I'm just gonna own it yeah and and I had to have that now I had certain periods in my life where it was kind of scary of course mm-hmm. like I remember when it was time for me to go to high school and knowing that I was gonna go to this huge school I thought that the process was gonna start over with me being picked on and different things. So I was like, Ma, can you homeschool me? And of Aww. course she was like, no, homeschool. We don't do that. And so um, the first day of school when I realized, oh, I'm not starting over. People stared, but I wasn't bullied. And it was, you know, it was just like, oh, okay. So then I determined that, oh man, now I'm in this big school with all these different activities. I'm just going to do everything. I'm finna yeah. do all different types of activities. I did ROTC because I knew that I couldn't go to the army because I didn't have all my limbs. But while I was in ROTC, I was I was striving to be the best. So I mm-hmm. came out um, my senior year. I had we, you know, they would put different people in charge of classes. I had my class. I had um, I was a captain at five, so I was one of the top five ranks. Mm-hmm. Um, I was on the drill team. I was somebody had recently said, "Girl, you the way you was twirling them guns in high school." Like I was doing everything, so <laughs> I just was like, "I'm gonna do it." I was a cheerleader, so I just, I just was like, you know, just do as much as you can do. You have those points, but yeah. I guess it was that confidence, and I felt like I had something to prove. So I did spend a lot of time proving to people I'm just as normal as you. I can yeah. You can do um my 16th birthday I went and got my driver's license like I just was I refused to let anything stop me yeah so did you ever have a point where it became less about proving people wrong and more about you doing things because you just felt passionate about it or it was something you felt led to do yeah I, I would say I would say I bounced back and forth <laughs> with that yeah because if there was something that people just didn't believe that I could have. Now, it, it had to be something that I wanted to do, though. Okay, For example, okay. being on a cheerleading team. I always wanted to be on a cheerleading team. Morgan Park had the, the state championship team. Mm-hmm. So that was a, 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 um, a big thing for me. I really wanted to be on the cheerleading team. I liked cheering, but I knew my hands were different. Mm-hmm. And I knew they were the city champs. So... I did say, you know, this would be a great accomplishment for me because they're the city champs and I don't look like everybody else, but I knew I had the enthusiasm. I knew I had the energy. And so I took that energy and I took that enthusiasm and I gave it my all. I gave Mm -hmm. it literally 110% and I made the team. When other people did not think that I would make the team um, because they're like, they're city champs your hands is crooked that's not gonna work but I made the team because I gave it my all and when I did that that was at the end of my freshman year when I did that I really really knew like if you give something your all you can do it so anything that I really wanted to do I just did it now I had to have the interest in it yeah um because I did for a minute say I would love to know what it's like to be in the army 
So mm-hmm. that's why I did ROTC, you know, and then I began to like ROTC and I wanted to rank up and I wanted to have all the stripes on my shirt. On my yeah. shirt. So it just, you know, even if it started out, something started out as let me prove something, it right. always turned me if I had a passion for it. I would never continue with it if I did not have a passion for it. It's okay. Like, not that serious. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I know what you mean because it takes effort and energy, and mm-hmm. so um, when it as it relates to because I know you're in a season of your life, so I want to talk about first one of your books you wrote, which was um, a late you. It was a lady in waiting. Lady in waiting. Yes. Yes. So share with us a bit about what you were writing about in that book in terms of your journey with celibacy dating and what that looked like so lady okay this is my 10-year mark here this year so back <laughs> oh my goodness already yes back in 2010 i remember being miserable i remember wanting something different in life i remember uh not wanting to try things my way anymore mm-hmm. so um i had to face a lot of fears i had to get out of unhealthy relationships and mm-hmm. um not just with a man but with family with friends with yeah. different and so in 2010 um as hard as it was i decided to basically break up with myself and just, mm. um, hold on hold on you said break up with yourself i was like hold on <laughs> you said break up with yourself okay what did, what did that look like so that was a very weird process because you, you i was denying myself from everything that i was used to i was mm. used to being around a lot of people, whether it was good or bad. Not everybody around me was good for me. Mm-hmm. I was used to um, being a people pleaser. I was used to just doing whatever. I was used to just having a man, regardless if he jacked up and don't belong in my life. I was just used to it. Yeah. And so, um, I, but I also knew I was depressed. I was mm-hmm. miserable. And I got tired of being depressed and miserable and I decided that it was time for me not to be depressed and miserable anymore and so when I began the process I it was scary because I didn't know nobody who did it um I remember November 21st 2010 I woke up and I said God I'm going to go on a 40-day fast I'm going to you know pray I just need you to answer these questions for me I need you to help me I said I'm going to be celibate I'm going to mm-hmm. be faithful you and that's where the journey started Mm. um then the last day of the fast december 31st 2010 that's when god showed me just how real he is um i was praying like like what was that experience like for you so i was praying in secret i never would ask god certain things out loud i would only pray in my head and things like that and so Mm -hmm. Um, I was at my best friend's house, who is now my first lady. I was at her house and I was getting ready to leave. And she had a friend over there that day. And, um, they began to speak to me and pray for me. And they began to speak the things that I had been praying about. In your heart. Yes. And I'm like, I know nobody knew those prayers. I didn't write them down. I didn't verbally say them to anybody because I was asking God to show me that he was real Mm -hmm. so for somebody to come and say yeah and God said you're not confused and you know start to answer the questions that I'm I asked him that I knew nobody knew I hadn't shared those things with not even my best friend at the time so it was like God you are real yeah 
you are real because I know, you know, nobody can take experience from you. You know, no. nobody can steal experience from no. you. And I had an experience that I had never had. And so I said, God, this journey is worth me continuing because you have proven yourself to me when you didn't have to. Mm-hmm. And so I decided to just stay on the journey, to stay faithful to him and to begin to, you know, fall in love with him and build a relationship with him, learn what love was because yeah. I spent too much time proving to myself and other people that I was just like everybody else, that I could do what anybody else could do, that I failed to take time to make sure that I love myself properly mm-hmm. um, and that I knew how to love properly. Mm-hmm. And so because I didn't take the time to do those things, I fell out into different um to different little pit holes and and it was a process of God picking me up so dying to myself I cried a lot I cried a whole lot Mm -hmm. because I had what 29 28 29 years of doing what I wanted to do I had 28 29 years of um living how I wanted to live um and throughout my 20s, all un, you know, dealing with unhealthy relationships mm-hmm. and unhealthy friendships and just different things. Not all of my friendships were bad. Don't, you know, I ain't saying that, but I did yeah. have a lot of friendships and um, family relationships that were unhealthy. That were, And a lot of times people be like, how can family relationships be unhealthy? It's a relationship. That's where it starts. <laughs> right, exactly. That's where, that's, that's where we learn a lot of our toxic behaviors and mm-hmm. and patterns about ourselves that are not healthy. That's where that's why I tell people I said that's where it starts. Yeah. You learn at home. Um, <laughs> right at home. And so um I just remember I, I do, I just remember like feeling like I had to do something different. Mm. And every time it hurt, I remembered the other hurt. Yeah, and it made me say, I don't want that hurt anymore. I don't want to go through the hurt of an unhealthy relationship, having to get over a man that's not for me, to be in friendships. And at the end of the day, I'm the only one that's giving out and not getting. You know, and so I had to make my list. I had to, you know, write the vision, make it plain. What Mm -hmm. do you want? What do you really want? Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of how the journey began. And then when I wrote for the lady in waiting, um, becoming completely intimate with God, that book particularly was showing me and others how to date God. Like Mm. when you're dating somebody, you try to look your best. When you're dating somebody, you try to, you know, you sweet talk to them, you tell them stuff, you learn them, you get to know them. And so it's a journey of doing the same thing with God. Read his word so that you can know about him. You can know what he likes. You can cater to him by knowing what he likes as he mm-hmm. caters to you. Um, you know, look good for him. Don't be out here looking a high mess. Don't be going up in Walmart with your, <laughs> you know, your pajama pants on. No, you representing the king. Yeah. And so, you know, and then it, it also, as you're a lady in waiting, as you are just, you know, concentrating on building your relationship with God, he's building you up. Right. So that when a natural person come in your life, you'll know how to treat them. You'll know how you should be treated. Yeah. And God told me, like, being single was not a problem because I, I was sharing with someone how every birthday, my, my friends, they made sure that I, I feel loved, that I received, that I was celebrated. So yeah. a lot of times you think that you have to be in a physical relationship to get those things, and you don't. No, and I'm so glad that you said that, Nina, because I have been sharing lately with a lot of single women the importance of embracing your single years 
because mm-hmm. I felt like, um, personally, I got so, you get so much more accomplished when you're single because when you add on another title, another role, you add on more responsibilities. You add, it, 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 and that's why I tell people, I said, you're just piling it on up, that list. Right. Uh-huh. <laughs> I tell people, like, embrace being single. Like, honey, I go out to eat by myself. I was mm-hmm. chilling. <laughs> Listen, I know, right? Um, and so I love that you said that. So when you were on this journey, um, when, when you were deciding, like, I have to make a change, um, you're, you're connecting with God, you're taking your relationship with God to the next level, um, how did that look in terms of dating? Like, did you see a shift in the way that you dated before in terms of how you dated later after you had made this shift? Yes. So (laughs) it it took a long time for me to date because I realized it was still a lot of things like for years that I, even now, um, that I still had to learn that I didn't know that I was still struggling in. So Mm -hmm. I took people who I wouldn't have date. I would not date. I would not allow myself to um, be even in a presence of, let me be with him or, you know, different things like that. Yeah. Realized that I would lose myself in a man, mm. and so I had to go through a process of not allowing myself to be lost in a man. Yeah. And then, um, after I, you know, started that process and started learning, you know, who I was, then it was more so like, you know, okay, I'll try to date this person, but I had standards now, so a lot of people couldn't get with my standards. They couldn't mm-hmm. get with the fact that, oh, I'm waiting till marriage to have sex. Um. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, no, you can't, you know, spend a night, yeah. you know, different things like that. It was like, okay, she got too many rules or, yeah, um, I had one guy tell me like, well, you know, you just never know what happened when you get that close to a person. Oh, well, then I can't date you because you're already trying to set me up for failure. Yeah. Um, so I had to be attentive to what people say mm-hmm. um, and look for red flags. So mm-hmm. it, I, I had standards, so I didn't do a whole lot of dating um, until recently. <laughs> really? Yeah, and I'm glad you said until recently, because that's what I want to jump into. <laughs> <laughs> so what's going on recently? Tell us about that. So, okay. Um, let's say, okay, last year, actually, I started dating at the beginning of last year. Mm-hmm. And that particular situation showed me other things that I still needed to grow in yeah. and um that didn't last long it was actually a long distance thing and when we saw each other it was just no sparks it was like nothing there we talked on the phone for four months and then we you know saw each other face to face and it was like I feel like you're a brother um so uh it that didn't work at, at all so that that didn't work out and so I went back on my little Okay, it's me and God. God, you still got somebody for me. Um, but where yet? Um, and so, what was it? February? Yeah, February or March. The end of February, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, I went on a journey from March, April, April, May, May, June. Yep, in the February, I was like sitting on my couch. And I felt like Holy Spirit was like, 
do online dating. I said, God, you play too much. That's not you. That's the enemy because you know I don't believe in online dating. For me, I believe it could work for other people, but I had a bad experience and mm -hmm. I'm not doing it. Like, I have nothing, nothing good came out of me in online dating, so we're not even going to go down that road. But I felt it so strongly that I made a post on Facebook and was like, what y'all think about online dating? Weigh in. And so people were letting me know how they felt about online dating and different things. And so I'm like, okay. And then one of my friends texted me that night and she said, go on uh, Plenty of Fish and sign up right now. And I laughed like, okay, 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 whatever. So <laughs> I went on Plenty of Fish and I signed up. And I was like, you know, I'm just playing around. And then I went on Facebook dating and I signed up on Facebook dating. Mm -hmm. So um, on Plenty of Fish, I, I, you know, you have the nice ones, you have the rude ones. I had one guy that was super rude, like, what's wrong with your hands? And, oh you know, all that kind of, I mean, he was so rude. Did you, so, did you get that a lot when you were dating? Like them just, know, or was it, I, was, did I have very few. dance around it? I have, okay, so I think some people, I think I've had issues uh, with situations where like a guy thought that was an insecurity of mine, so would date me for that because, oh, I could get over on her because mm. of that. Uh, but then I had some really nice guys um, that didn't care at all about my difference. And then I had um, one guy. Now, you met me in person and asked me out. Like, we were at my elementary school, and we exchanged information. But for some reason, I felt like he did not pay attention to my hands. I had on a coat. So I verbally, we were getting ready to go on our first date. And I was like, hey, did you pay attention to my hands? And he was like, what? No, what? What's wrong with your hands? And I described them to him. And he was like, I'm going to call you right back. Never heard from him again. Are you serious? Never heard from him. That is so immature. Listen, I'm that like is so immature. Mm -hmm. So it's like I, I've dealt with some weird stuff, but then most of the time, I, I I don't deal with the. It's like I people say, "What type of the guys you date?" I say, "Guys, like regular guys." Well, yeah, of course. Yeah, right. and people laugh at me because I be like, "Listen." I have a limit, and, and this is going to sound bad, but don't take it bad. I'm like, I have a limit. I don't date other men who have disabilities. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you why I say that to people. Because it's you know a joke. funny. That's how I was when I was single. When it comes, I said, I ain't date no man with kids. Because I, right. and I got, these people be having stipulations. Even though the mister, he does have one son, but we have no issues. But I think because I had a bad experience in another relationship where I was uh -huh. like, we ain't going down that road again. <laughs> well, my reason for that was, I said, they already gone, my kids, my future children will already have to deal with mama having a disability. They shouldn't have to deal with daddy having one too. So, uh, but I'll be joking because if God sent me love in that way from anybody else, he you know, good and well that, you know, I'm a comedian as well. So I have to have my own little joke. Like yeah. I got enough disabilities for me and my future husband. Um, so <laughs> I always say little stuff, but, um, but, but that's a joke because I've dated all types of guys, um, and stuff like that. But I, 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 I have dealt with the crazies and then I've dealt with the, the, the just, they just, because they're just a dude and that's just how they act. And then <laughs> I've dealt with really nice guys. And so when I started the online dating, um, it was a moment where I was like, you know what? This just gonna be for fun. 
I'm just going to do this for fun. I'm not going to um, take it so seriously. I'm just going to have fun. Like, meet people, talk to them, maybe. Yeah. Um, whatever. And so that's what I did. I just started having fun. And so when I did that, um, like I said, I didn't, I was getting ready to get off. I think I was on for God. How did you know you were ready to do that? Like, just go and have fun? Because sometimes I think people are in a place where like they say they're not ready to date at all but then they're not even ready to interact with other people either you know what I mean how did you know you were ready to like go that step um I didn't deal with the I wasn't one of those people like oh I'm lonely so let me do it yeah Um, I think it was more so for me I it was like all right, Nina, you have done a lot of self-work. How will you know if um, where you are if you don't jump out there? Yeah. And so it was one of those situations. Sure. And it was definitely God-led. God had to lead me to say, especially online, because I kept telling God, oh, he's going to have to meet me in Walmart because that that's all. I don't go to clubs and stuff, so he's going to have to meet me in Walmart mm-hmm. or church. Like, <laughs> bring him to church, Jesus. That would be nice. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so it was just, I guess when you know, you you know how sometimes you have those situations where you like, when you know, you know. Yeah. And so it was one of those when you know, you know type of moments right. for me. Like I just felt it. And I was like, I felt like I was ready to just get out there and meet people. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a lot of people, what I found um, in the midst of it, like so many guys didn't even believe in God or anything like that. So that was something different for me, realizing that people, there are people out here who don't even like recognize or acknowledge God um, or if they do, they the belief systems are different. So that is important to make sure you're yeah. aligned. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just was like, okay, God, I, I have to do something different. Um, so I would meet a lot of people online. I met quite a few people on Plenty of Fish and on Facebook dating. Um, but it was like, we weren't really meshing. I would meet some nice guys. We'll chat or we'll text or we'll have a couple of phone calls. Um, but it wasn't, I was getting ready to get off. And so May, March, April, March, March 5th is when it was this one guy and he looked at young in his picture. And I was like, oh, he's such a baby. Why are you doing trying to be in my inbox? And so I sent him, I, I went ahead and sent him back a message and he started commenting on certain, you know, pictures and different things. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, oh, he being really attentive. Yeah. Um, but I wasn't by my phone. But for some reason, I felt bad. I felt like I ignored him. And so I went back and I was like, I'm so sorry. I'm not on here like that. Um, but, you know, here's another avenue where it's easier to reach me at and things like that where I can pay more attention. But I wasn't really, like, on Facebook dating all day long. I yeah. wasn't on the fish all day long. I wasn't just stalking the pages, like, right. somebody sending me messages, you know? So, and with Facebook dating, I always have my notifications off anyway. So, unless I go into that part of Facebook, I wouldn't even know somebody sent me a message. Mm. Um, and so, uh, that's kind of how... <laughs> I but I weighed people out in different ways like of course if you didn't believe in um God and um didn't have like a Christian background mm-hmm. or even wasn't willing that's a deal breaker for me sure. so I have my deal breakers yeah and if you you know if if certain things are that's on my deal breaker list if you didn't meet those criteria it's like 
sorry, I'm not going to. I wasn't willing to compromise because I did that before. Yeah, and you know what it feels like. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, I can't compromise. Like a relationship with God, I, I can't get with you and be like, oh, God can give you a relationship with him. You don't even believe. Like, no, uh-uh. <laughs> so that's kind of how it started. Did I answer your question? I just started talking. No, you're fine. Um, so I wanted to I wanted to transition into where you're at now because all of this led to where you are now, right? Yes. So so, so, you, so you got a main, right? <laughs> I know, right? That's funny. It actually sounds funny you've been talking about it, but yes. <laughs> um, so March fifth, uh I the guy I was telling about like oh man like he's gonna think I've been ignoring him and I don't even know why I felt so oh my gosh I don't want him to feel like I was ignoring him and so I had is that a sign for you just you even feeling that you know what I mean yeah and I didn't know it at that time that it was a sign but now when I go back and I think about it like oh that's why I felt because I I think you didn't think nothing of it I don't know if you would have even went back like you're like oh well he I mean if that's what he thinks that's what he thinks right and usually that's how I am and my friend heard me out I was like oh my gosh I don't know I don't want him to think I'm ignoring him and she was like I was like why am I acting like that and she like I don't know I said I haven't even acted like that with nobody else that night we he and I talked on the phone for seven hours never have I ever you know that's what oh you know. My God. Never have I ever <laughs> had a conversation that long. <laughs> <laughs> and so it was interesting. And then four days later, so that was a Thursday. That Sunday we went on our first date. It, this is before quarantine, so restaurants and stuff were still open. Mm-hmm. So we went to Applebee's and we spent like three or four hours there still talking. And it wasn't like airtime. Every time we talked, we talked for hours, literally like nonstop. It was never no listening to each other breathe. No, we were like talking. And I came up with different games too to kind of help me get to know people. And then, mm-hmm. um, you know, stuff like that. Like one game is called uh, Baggage Claim. Mm-hmm. And with Baggage Claim, you know, I, I'll tell you like, hey, we're going to each come up with four things, three to four things that we feel like is baggage that we have. Mm-hmm. And we'll share those things. And if you're willing to accept that baggage, then we can keep talking. If you're not willing to accept that baggage, then we can't keep talking. I like you know? that. So, yeah. Like so, that. Yeah. And, and then I came up with. Oh, so y'all accepted each other's baggage. Right. Um, it was some, <laughs> some other games. I got like four games. I got them written down in my phone. And so I would play these games. Mm-hmm. And you know, it helps you get to know each other. Yeah. Um, it helps you. Uh, one is called Food Fight. Um, and so you do kind of like a this or that. Hey, I like he'll say something like um, he like mushrooms. And I'll be like, Ugh, nope. Yeah. I choose something else. You know, so we'll, we'll talk about what we like, what we don't like, what our favorites are. Because you got to get to know people. And so we yeah. said, like the first week we went on three dates. We went on a date that Sunday, mm-hmm. we went on a date that Wednesday, and then we went on a date that Friday. And it's so interesting because the very next week, the world was on shutdown. Wow. Yeah, so y'all absolutely. were able to spend that time and at least get to know each mm-hmm. other enough to know, is this something you want to continue through quarantine? <laughs> right, right. And so we have been, you know, continuing through quarantine and it seemed to, you know, move a little fast, because <laughs> we, but in a good way. I finally met his son. Um, I met his son last week. 
Wow. And uh, that was that was a great meeting. And he's like, uh, I want to come back over Miss Nina's house, and I want to see Miss Nina. So that's been really uh, good. And um, yeah, he's a very nice guy. He joined my church. Yay! Oh wow! <laughs> I'm very, I'm very like, oh, I want to worship with the person that I'm with, and yeah. so that was like a bonus, a, a triple bonus. Yeah. Um, when he joined the ministry, and we prayed together, and we. You know, we, we're doing a Bible verse of the week. And so we'll send different versions. I'll send him different versions of a verse and things like that. And so um, we are, I look at wholeness as well, like the five areas of wholeness, mental, mm-hmm. physical, spiritual, emotional, and financial. Yeah. And look at where we are. And it's actually to me two that I'm strong in, two that he's strong in, and one that we're kind of like even each other out with. That's, you know, not, that's a good like family. Yeah, and it is. And I was like, wow, God, okay. And so um, it's going really well. It's, uh, and it was still, even through this process, things that I still had to learn about myself, things that I um, was like, okay, you know, you're always going to see things that you could have, would have, should have done differently. Right. And things like that. And so I'm still learning. I'm still, you know, correcting mistakes. I'm still, you know, it's new for me. And at the same time, it, it's new for me. And it's also um, a learning process. Sure. It's, uh, okay, you know, when I write my book, because, you know, I'm going to write a book out of all of this. Yeah, um, I'm I know a book coming out. You know, yeah, now I got another book coming out. Then I'm going to have another book coming out after this. <laughs> I said, well, we because we, uh, we always talking about marriage. And so uh, he always talking about marriage too. He be, you're going to be my wife. I was like, will be it'll just be three months on Friday but when you know you know do I feel do we both feel like that's what God has for us yes um but it and, and that's what makes it so weird because I'm like this is kind of moving fast yeah. <laughs> but in a good way and now it's like we both be like okay we're gonna slow down you know we'll slow down you know and then every time we say we slow down we'll be like um, when we want to get married again? <laughs> like yesterday, he was like, you know, I already picked a ring out. <laughs> That's so cute. I love it. I love it. So like, when you think about like your overall journey and where you are now, um, what do you think as far as, like, I know you said that you had this big shift and 10 years ago and it brought you closer to God and stuff like that. But like, when you look at the, like, overall picture like what are a few things that you could point out were like some pivotal moments in like this is aside from what you just shared with the shift that you have with getting your relationship on God and the fasting but where are some pivotal moments where like you could see the dots connecting of you getting to where you are now um getting out of my own way was one big thing that's why I'm able to help other people do that because I, it wasn't until I decided that I wanted something different that Nina Motivates even came about. Mm-hmm. Um, and Nina Motivates is 10 years old this year, too, because I started that. In Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. And so that's when, um, so it was just like, I think j- just, I believe in reflecting. Yeah. And so it's, it's important to do it every day. Even when I slack on the everyday thing, there will be times or periods where, I have to stop and self-reflect and check myself and look over, you know, it's good to do it at the end of every month and different things. But I think, um, 
Wow, that's a deep question. Um, <laughs> I think the the journey of being an entrepreneur, mm-hmm. um, discovering my purpose, discovering yeah. different things, and the more um, when I have those opportunities to share my story, I think that that helps me to have those aha moments. Yeah. And, um, ooh, you asked a hard question. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know how to answer it. Uh, but I think also <laughs> I have accountability in my life now. Like my spiritual leaders hold me accountable. Mm-hmm. So if I am doing something or um, out of order or something like that, my spirit man checks me first, but then they'll mm-hmm. check me as well in love. Um, but they I have really no problem that's with like that. the next level when it comes yeah. to like your personal growth journey and um, just life in general. Like when you're at that level where you can accept that feedback from people who mean well and want to see the best in you, then I think that's when you know you're like you're you're operating at a different level. Because I'm I'm noticing not a lot of people are at that place where you give them feedback or you try to hold them accountable and then they they run into the opposite direction because they just not ready for it yep yep and and so it's uh it's it's important Mm -hmm. like people don't realize how important it is to have that accountability and to have those people around you who love you genuinely yeah. who care for you genuinely who want to see the best for you genuinely yeah. and I know those people that are in my life I know my spiritual leaders I know my spiritual family have my best interests at heart and mind and so I can you know count on them and lean on them and I know my first lady is going to you know tell me and correct me and check me in love and if God give her something to say she's going to say it to me regardless of uh, if I want to hear it or not. And so those opportunities in those times actually helped me a lot as well. Yeah. That helps me to realize, okay, um, you need to check yourself. Okay. You need to take a step back. Okay. You need to evaluate who you are, where you are, what you got going on, you know, excuse me, different things. And so it's been several times in my life throughout these years where um, they would talk to me or they will pull my coattail or they will um, even congratulate me, you know, the different things. And so mm-hmm. um, to have that particular accountability like that um, has really helped me. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I always like to share on the Girl Through It podcast um, and ask people a question if they could think of one area or one thing that they would share with people as it pertains to their growth through a journey you just growing through everything you did what would be one piece of advice you would give to someone who may be like in the middle of their own realizing like you know i'm not at a good place right now and giving them some sort of hope or inspiration that this too shall pass and there's light at the end of the tunnel yes okay so i would tell people it's okay to hit the reset button Mm-hmm. Sometimes you have to hit that reset button because when you reset something, whether it's your life, relationships, um, friendships, your mindset, when you hit a reset button, it gives you permission to start over. Mm-hmm. And when you hit the reset button, you go through the process of forgiving yourself, go through the process of saying yes to yourself, go through the process of saying no to yourself, Mm -hmm. go through the process of seeing what it is that you want. Like don't get stuck in where you are when where you want and what you have, what's for you is right in front of your face. I always think about a car 
when you're in the car and you see the big old windshield in front of you, the rear view mirror is very small compared mm -hmm. to that windshield. Don't spend so much time looking in the rear view mirror and focusing on what you have missed in the past or what you don't have or where you are that you get stuck looking in rearview mirror because that's how a lot of accidents happen. Mm -hmm. That's how a lot of deaths happen. Don't get don't don't die looking at your past. When this big old mirror is in window is in front of you for when it's bright and ahead of you, when it's road ahead of you, when mm -hmm. you could just go forward. So I just encourage people to just go forward, um, not to look back too long, not to get stuck in where you are. Just have faith. Get up. Write your vision. The, mm -hmm. the word of God says, write the vision and make it plain. God has a vision for each and every person. If you have breath in your body, there is purpose in your body. Mm -hmm. And so you got to know it. You got to believe it, even if you don't know what that is. If you seek it, look at what you like. Look at things that you used to do from childhood mm -hmm. um, and, and look at those things and think about what will make you happy when you wake up every single day and then begin to work on it. Find some people to hold you accountable. Find some people that really will genuinely be by your side. Um, sometimes we do need coaches. Sometimes we do need to join programs. Sometimes we do need that type of accountability yeah. because a lot of times if we don't pay for it, we're going to play with it. So when you pay, a lot of times you don't play, right? Yeah. So, that part. <laughs> um, what it takes, you know, and just get up every single day. Get up and do something. I don't care if it's making one phone call, whatever it is, get up and do something every single day because you're worth it. You have to feed yourself positive things and you got to go for what what is yours. Yeah. And no matter what you have, no matter what your difference is, no matter what your um, so-called handicap is, the only limit you have is the limit put you put on yourself. So mm -hmm. live a limitless life and stop putting yourself in a box. Step outside of the box. I just want to drop the mic, but I don't got one. <laughs> I just want to drop Mike. My job. That was so good. Well, thank you so much, Nina, again, for sharing your wisdom and your story. I really appreciate it. Um, thank you for having me. Find you? You're welcome. Where can people find you if they want to connect with you? They can find me on all social media sites at Nina Motivates. I'm on all social media sites, literally, at Nina Motivates. And my website is ninamotivates.com or ninamotivates.info, whatever's easiest for you to type. Awesome. Well, thanks again, Nina. I really appreciate you for taking time to be with us today. Thank you. I appreciate you for having me. You're welcome. Thank you for listening to this episode. Please make sure to subscribe, like, share, and leave your review for the podcast. To learn more, go to www.cassandraaustin.com.